Honk, honk. Uh, that is me tooting God's horn. All right. Uh, let me take this pretty mask off. That's what you were thinking, right? Uh, where is it? Where is it? Uh, occasionally, uh, hidden somewhere up here on stage is a pineapple. Some of you may have caught on to that and in past weeks been spotting it. Uh, here it is right here. And uh, did you know that a pineapple uh, doesn't grow on a tree, grows on a plant? And it can take, it can be on that plant and take up to 16 months to ripen. And, and that's what we want with fruit. We want to eat it when it's ripe, uh, right? Yeah, we want to eat it when it's ripe. Advent. We've been in Advent uh, season. We have been uh, anticipating uh, and, and, and thinking about expectation uh, of the coming Savior, reflecting on the birth of Christ and longing for his return. We've looked in Scripture and we've seen how from the very beginning of the Bible, our need for a Savior has been revealed. We've looked through the Old Testament and we've seen the promise of a Savior and how the people of God were waiting on a Savior and we today are waiting on that Savior to return. The Old Testament was completed around 450 B.C. Now as we think about the birth of Christ today, we realize there was about a 400-year wait from the completion of the Old Testament to the birth of the Savior. Galatians chapter 4, verse 4, the scripture says, But when the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law. Some translations put it like this, When the set time had fully come, or when the fullness of time had come. But we see in the right time, when the time was ripe, God sent his son and we have the birth of the Savior. Now, we can't fully understand the mind of God and why that made it the right time, but we believe it was, and we believe that in the right time, when the time is ripe again, that he will return. But there are some things in that 400-year period of history from the completion of the Old Testament to the birth of the Savior, there are some, a few things that happened we can look back on and say, huh, interesting. So let's track through just a few of those things. First off, we can look culturally at what was going on. So around 350 B.C., uh, there was a young man, Alexander, who became uh, king of the Greek Empire. We know him as Alexander the Great, and he liked to travel, and he liked to conquer. And his reign pretty much consisted of a military campaign, and he was undefeated. He was undefeated, and everywhere he went, he loved to conquer, he loved to expand the kingdom, uh, but he also loved Greek culture. 
And so he spread the Greek culture wherever he went and spread the Greek language. And we call that Hellenization, and that is the spread. So whereas before it had been difficult to communicate with people from different lands, now because of a common language, it was much easier to communicate. Second, we can look politically. Sometime after Alexander, the Roman Empire uh, became the big shot. And the Romans uh, loved to build. They built things like the, and some of you may have traveled overseas to see this, they built things like the Colosseum. Uh, They built roads wherever they went. There was a a period of history there uh, from uh, 27 BC into the second century AD that's called Pax Romana, and that means Roman peace. And so Rome dominated, and they had built these roads. So whereas before, travel had been difficult and dangerous, now it was much easier to travel from city to city, country to country. And then third, we can look religiously. The Jews were not in one location. Instead, they had been scattered throughout the world. And wherever there were pockets of Jews... Uh, they would have a synagogue, and that is where they would study the Old Testament scriptures. And so throughout the kingdom, there were pockets of people who were waiting, who were looking for that coming Messiah. We can look at these things, common language, good roads for easy travel, people scattered throughout who were waiting on the Messiah, and we can say, "Huh, huh, the time was right. It was the right time to send the Son to send our Savior. Uh, PE, physical education. Uh, some, in, some, in some PE classes, students, uh, you're in there. Some of you are teachers or, or coaches who, who teach uh, PE, and maybe you spend a week or two uh, teaching the fundamentals of volleyball or basketball or, or some other physical activity, and that is great. But what about, what about a week, just a... Uh, uh, a section on laughter and humor in PE. All right, stay with me for a minute. Laughter, some of you are saying, please tell me you're not going to teach that class. All right, laughter has been proven to increase the longevity of life. It is a good cardio exercise, works those abdominal muscles. Some of you who are wanting this six-pack, You need to listen to some good jokes. Laughter is good for stress relief, and we all could use a little bit of that. So I'm just saying, what about a course on laughter and humor? Laughter is an outward expression, can be an outward expression of joy, right? Because sometimes we forget to tell our face that we're happy. And laughter can be that outward expression that, oh, there is joy down in my heart. Right, And the birth of the Savior, as we think about Christmas, is reason for joy. Uh, Let's look at the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2. We're going to begin reading in verse 8. Gospel of Luke, chapter 2. We're going to begin reading in verse 8. Father in heaven, thank you for your word. Please open our eyes to see wonderful things here. Amen. That night, 
there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid. I, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in highest heaven, and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph. And there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. But Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. As we see in this passage, the birth of the Savior is reason for joy. Christmas music. There's a lot of it. Uh, there is country Christmas and jazz Christmas and pop Christmas. It's its own genre, a category of music. There's so much. Some of us began listening to Christmas music back in October. Uh, there's a lot of songs that we like. And then there's some that when, when they come on, we hit skip uh, because we've heard them, well, well, because they're not our, maybe there's some, it's okay if there's some Christmas songs that you don't like. It's okay. But I wonder what your favorite Christmas song is. Mine, uh, the title is two words. First word starts with L. Second word starts with H. Uh, but there is another Christmas song that was written uh, based on this passage of Scripture in Luke chapter 2. God rest ye merry gentlemen. Uh, the earliest copy of this song dates back to the mid-18th century. That would be prior to America's independence. That was before George Washington was the first president of the U.S. Uh, the song was no doubt popularized by its inclusion in the Charles Dickens classic. Maybe you didn't read the book, but you've probably seen one of the movie adaptations, A Christmas Carol. And then it also showed up a couple of years ago in this movie, the Grinch. All right, listen to the first verse of this song. <clears throat> a one, a one, a one, two. God, <laughs> it's hard to say it without singing it. <laughs> but for your sake, God rest. <laughs> God rest you, merry gentlemen. 
let nothing you dismay. Remember Christ our Savior was born on Christmas Day to save us all from Satan's power when we were gone astray. We want to think about this for just a minute as it kind of retells the passage that we just read. Uh, Let's dissect the first line. God rest ye merry gentlemen. Three things that we're going to notice here. First off, God is doing the acting. God is the active one here. Second thing we notice is rest. It it doesn't mean to take a break because we're tired in this sense, uh, but rest is to continue in or remain. Uh, Think about the word arrest, uh, which means to hold someone firmly. So God is to keep or to hold. That is the action that he is doing. God is keeping. God is holding. The third thing that we notice is Mary is not describing the gentleman, uh, uh, but rather describing God's action. So in other words, God keep you happy, people. God keep you joyful, men and women. God keep you joyful. Uh, maybe you've been walking around in your house and, 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 and you're uh, walking down the hall and you're about to turn into a room, op- you know, you're going to be going past the door and, and you don't know that someone's already in there. And so you're walking down the hall and you, you open the door and you turn the corner and boo, uh, somebody is standing there and they startle you and you jump back. Uh, it's happened to all of us. We've been startled. Some of you are like sleepers, and, I, and I, I really do feel bad for you. My, my poor wife, she is a light sleeper, and, and, and so I don't mean to, but sometimes she's uh, asleep, and, and I may not even know that she's asleep, and I'll open a door, or I'll walk in, or I'll flick the lights, and, and, and she just kind of startles and, 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 and jumps. Uh, but we know what it's like to be startled, correct? Yes, we do. Well, think about this in, 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 in Luke to the shepherds, they, they were away from the town. They were out in the fields, and they were thinking, okay, maybe we'll have to scare off a wolf, right? Maybe there's going to be a sheep thief come tonight, and so we'll be on the lookout for that. But they're sitting there uh, out in the fields, and all of a sudden, boom, there is an angel uh, standing among them. So the scripture says, and rightly so, they were terrified. You and I would have been, you know, uh, shocked and startled and, and scared as well. They were terrified. That's one of the first things the angel says is, hey, chill out. Don't be afraid. Now, uh, right now, this season, there might not be something uh, surprising that startles us to cause fear in us, but there, there is plenty, especially around Christmas, there is plenty of things that can cause sadness or can cause stress in our lives. Uh, around the holidays, especially, we may be missing loved ones who are no longer with us. And for some of you, this is your first Christmas without that family member. That is very real. And we feel the sadness, we feel the sorrow, the longing. That is very real. Just in this tough world in general, we are prone to be worried, and and we get discouraged so easily. We can feel left out. 
We didn't get a Christmas card. We didn't get invited to the Christmas party. Uh, This Christmas, with our first COVID Christmas, the events, the gatherings that we normally look forward to, they may be canceled or rescheduled or they just look different and it has us feeling sad. That's real and that's okay. We're rushing about uh, and we're thinking about all the things that, we're, that we're, we've got to do and, and most of it is good things but then we end up We get so tired that we end up getting stressed and then we feel sadness or anger and we don't even know where it's coming from, but but it may just be coming because we're running so much. We have so many things on our mind. Despite this tendency towards worry, towards stress, God is able to keep us joyful. For 10 years... I need to say, I believe in fresh breath, all right? And and, and for 10 years, uh, mint. I had some mints in my pocket or mint-flavored gum, a pack of it, or two packs nearby, in my pocket and in my truck. And then I had one conversation, and it changed just immediately. And I put the mint down, and I went to cinnamon. And Big Red became my chew of choice and was for years We lived in Cleveland for several years, and the winters there are long and cold. And oh, it's 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 long and it's cold. You don't see your neighbors for months because everyone pulls up in their drive and they run inside to the heater. And and the sky is gray, and you can feel you can get feeling kind of kind of down and sad after months of this. One day, I didn't have any big red with me. And so I reached in my wife's purse, and I got some. She likes to chew the fruity stuff. I've always been against it because the flavor doesn't seem to last. Anyways, that's just me. And so I reached in her purse, and I got some of that, that, that fruity gum, tropical flavored gum, jumped in the truck, cranked up the heater, and drove down the road. Popped that tropical flavored gum in my mouth, And it was like magic. I was transported to a beach somewhere. There was snow on the ground outside, but I was at a beach somewhere. And that's where I learned that little mental trick to get me through uh, those those sad, dreary months, uh, that long, cold winter. Well, life can be sad. Uh, Life can be hard. And we need more than mental tricks. We need more than tropical-flavored gum. So let's look at the chorus of this song. O tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy. O tidings of comfort and joy. What is this song talking about? Tidings are news. You've probably been in a conversation before and someone says, okay, I've got good news and bad news. And what's the next question? Which one do you want first? And we say, give me the bad news first. The bad news in this case is that we are a mess. The bad news is that we are a broken people living in a broken world. The bad news is that we are separated from our God. The bad news is that we have all sinned. We, 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 we have all uh, failed 
We've all sinned against God. We have all turned away from God. And we're missing the joy, the peace, the love that only he can give. The bad news is that we are living in a broken world that is full of disease, that is full of sadness, that is full of sickness, that is full of evil and wickedness and death. That's the bad news. And now that's that, that, that's out of the way, the good news, the good news that this song is talking about, news or tidings of comfort and joy. The Savior who was desperately needed. The Savior who had been promised to come. The Savior who had been waited upon for years and years. He was born. And that Savior came to rescue us from sin, from Satan, and death. And that is good news. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, that's good news eight days a week. That is the best news ever. That is good news by which God is able to keep us joyful. Let's go back to Galatians chapter 4. That's what we began with. Galatians chapter 4, and we're going to pick up in verse 4. But when the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law. God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us as his very own children. And because we are his children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, prompting us to call out, Abba, Father. Now you are no longer a slave, but God's own child. And since you are his child, God has made you his heir. Why the birth of the Savior is reason for joy. This scripture right here tells us why the birth of the Savior is reason for joy. Because it means we can have freedom from sin. God sent him. He was born to buy our freedom. We are bound to the law. Don't kill, don't steal, don't lie, don't covet. Honor your mother and father. Don't put anything or anyone before God. We are bound to that law, and when the, rea the reality is when we look at that law, we realize that it just reveals that we are all guilty of breaking the law. So we are slaves to the law of God. We are slaves to sin. We're prone to, 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 to wickedness in ourselves, not just in the world around us. We're guilty. We're separated that, that being, 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 being bound to sin, being slaves to sin, uh, it keeps us separated from God. We deserve death. But the scripture here says that, that it, when the time was right, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law. So Jesus came and he was under the law. But rather than revealing that, that he had failed, that he was guilty... He upheld the law perfectly, and Jesus became our substitute, and he was able to live the righteous life that none of us can, 
and he was therefore able to die the death that we deserve. He was our substitute. He took God's wrath so that we did not have to. So we can experience freedom from sin. Handcuffs, if someone breaks man's law, they might find themselves in handcuffs. But because of Jesus, he came and he released the chains so that we can be set free. Incredible thing about this is not only does God free us from sin in Jesus Christ, but then he adopts us into his family. So not only is the prison door open and we're released, but then we're brought in to God's family. Why is the birth of the Savior reason for good news? Why is the birth of the Savior reason for joy? Because it means freedom from sin and it means adoption into his family. To be adopted into the family of God means that you are chosen, you are loved, you are accepted. It means that you have a new identity. You can wake up and you can say, I am a child of God. The creator of the world is my father. My home is in heaven. These other believers, they're my brothers and sisters. That's incredible. This is something to be glad about. And for the Christian, it's not just on Christmas that we can be joyful and glad about this. Because with Jesus, every day is a holiday. We can be living La Vida Jubilee, viviendo La Vida de Jubileo. Every day is a holiday with Jesus. Jesus the Savior was born in a humble manger. The news was first announced to humble shepherds. And still today, humble hearts can experience freedom from sin and adoption into God's family. So this Christmas, let's remember that the birth of the Savior is reason. The birth of the Savior is reason for joy. Friends, may God keep you joyful. You will stand. God rest ye merry gentlemen, let nothing you dismay. Remember Christ our Savior was born on Christmas Day to save us all from Satan's power when we were gone astray. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy. Comfort and joy, oh, tidings of comfort and joy. From God, our heavenly Father, a blessed angel came to uncertain shepherds, brought tidings of the same. How that in Bethlehem was born the Son of God by name. 
Comfort and joy, comfort and joy, oh, time. 